but you were saying, do we want to, uh, oh, now that we're recording, you said alliteration, but you meant assonance. Wow. Assonance? Assonance. Yeah. Is that like the opposite? No, I had to look it up. Assonance is similar vowel sounds because I was like, there's something else that's similar and it's it's bothering me because I can't remember. Assonance is like similar vowel sounds and alliteration is similar beginning or the same right uh consonant beginning so 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 floppy top mop is assonance yeah i think so because the o is the same yeah assonance the repetition of sound of a vowel or diphthong in non-rhyming stress oh so so it's not assonance more fool i i guess you could say you made an assonance of yourself adrian i mean i could but that would just make the situation worse (laughs) (laughs) so the an example of assonance is he fell asleep under the cherry tree. It features assonance and the repetition of the long E vowel, despite the fact that the words containing the vowel don't end in perfect rhymes. Interesting. So floppy so like rapping. So floppy mop top. When that isn't that just rhyming then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's just rhyming. There's nothing special or interesting about it. <laughs> <laughs> just like this podcast. Let's go. I would disagree entirely because I'm super hyped about this. I know, yeah, I know. I'm actually yeah, super yeah, excited yeah, too. too. Do we want to do like a, a brief uh, talk about Kane and, and Hodgson and then and then just do it? Yeah. Well, I feel like we, we talked about Kane on a previous episode. I mean, and my thing yeah. with him is that like I feel like everyone like everyone knew that he was going to request a transfer, right? Like I feel like we all kind of thought that, and then I fucking said that he would just be another cog in a machine. You guys have ripped me a new assonance and which is okay, but because I just saw that city is looking to buy him and it's like, okay, like, is that really surprising? Are we surprised by this? You know, Aguero's leaving. They need a striker. Makes sense. But I, I mean, I think we just ripped you a new one. Cause we misunderstood you were, you were making yes. the point, which you made clear off air yes. that, you think he should stay or he should at least consider staying so he gets like a statue outside of the stadium exactly rather than win a few titles and like trade that legacy for a few titles with a bigger club exactly yeah it's like lebron cleveland but now lebron's in la and it's like he's just another laker now right like he's just another one he's just another so i mean city doesn't have the same obviously the same uh amount of legends as the lakers do but like i feel like it's a pretty good parallel but i mean if he goes there it makes it makes sense seems like the stars are like aligning right i can't see him i'd be surprised if he moves anywhere because i don't think city will spend that much money on a player and i think they're comfortable not having a recognized striker they'd rather just wait for someone to be out of contract i i think i don't think they're going to spend that much money if I was Kane, I would be hesitant to go to Man United, who would maybe pay this amount of money. Because if you want titles, what have they won? Nothing. Like hundred percent. And then maybe Chelsea. If I was going to go anywhere as Kane, I I might go to Chelsea. But Levy wouldn't sell to them. And it's yeah, the London thing, and Levy wouldn't sell to Chelsea. Yeah, no, I agree entirely. I was actually talking to this uh, about this with uh, Conlon uh, last night. You're, I think you're right about like City. Like obviously, City can drop the cash, but I think they're very comfortable without Harry Kane. They just won a league without Harry Kane. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe they don't want Gabriel Jesus as their starting striker because obviously he's not. Um, they have a lot of options, but I think what's what might move the needle for Spurs in terms of uh, in terms of the transactions, including a player in a swap deal. Mm. Um, so obviously Kane's going to demand a lot of, a lot of money in terms of transfer fee. Um, but you know, whatever transfer fees get to nowadays, I'm sure he'll go for a hundred plus 150 million pounds or something stupid like that. Mm. Um, but you know, Manchester United could lessen that blow if Spurs are like, well, let's make it 80 and you give us Marcus Rashford. Yeah, but I, I couldn't see that happening either. And that was that was Conlon's thing, just like as a like you one, you don't give up Rashford because you know he's your he's your designated left winger. Uh and you know, he's he's like a homegrown lad. He's from the he's from Manchester, I think. Um, but like, you know, I, I think a lot of clubs and a lot of the top six clubs right now are under pressure to prove that they they're they're trying to win something. City City just dominated. And like you said, Manchester United, whatever they won. 
uh, in the past couple of years. Chelsea is probably that team that like keeps pushing, even though like, you know, successful or not, but that's, that's just kind of their culture at, at Chelsea is like, it's a revolving door, but not, not to, uh, not to say there's a lack of value, but your contributions more valuable than anything else kind of thing. Uh, so mm-hmm. that's why, yeah, I kind of agree that Chelsea might be the team that could, that could sneak in uh, for, for Kane, but uh, it's just hard to imagine him at another team in the Premier League just because of his status at Spurs and how valuable he is for Spurs, but also just like as a player, how valuable he could be. It's it's just hard. And also, yeah. why would he, like all credit to Real Madrid and Barcelona, why would he go abroad? Not abroad. I was going to ask why, that next. Like, Yeah, why would he go to Europe? Why would he go to Europe, Nick? I don't know. I mean, it, it's... I don't know. Like, I don't really see, I mean, I guess it's a new challenge. Right. And like, if you're looking to win titles, you probably have a better chance of winning trophies with Real Madrid or Barcelona than you do with Spurs. But I mean, is Kane really that kind of, I don't know if he's like that kind of guy, right? Like, again, he's, he's, he's so cemented in, in England and he's, he's so cemented at Spurs and for him to just go to Real. I mean, it's just, the fit is kind of weird. And you know, we see we like I can kind of see it if he goes to Real Madrid, maybe playing out like Gareth Bale a bit where he maybe doesn't fit in as much and, and kind of gets kind of lost in other things. And like, yeah, maybe he he like Bale's had great performances in Champions League and he won titles and everything. But his legacy, I feel like, is a bit tarnished by that and not through maybe no fault of his own, but it's the kind of same thing. It's like, where else is he going to go? Right. So yeah, like he could go off to, to Spain, go off to Madrid and and win a whole bunch of trophies, but then you know, maybe at 32 he's washed and and like comes back and is just golfing. And I don't know, I feel like that's kind of sad just based on like the player that he is, right? And like he's in his prime and everything. I don't know, I would just like to see him stay and try and win with Spurs. Maybe it's not the best move short term, but long term in terms of legacy stuff, it's definitely the right call in my opinion. Yeah, it's an interesting balance cuz he gets compared to like Shira in the sense of hometown club and, you know, trying to become the record goal scorer against like an old legend, that kind of thing. But Shira already had a title. And when he moved, he was younger and Newcastle were more competitive. Like they kind of were the spurs of that era in terms of like came close, came close, came close. Meow. So like, <laughs> sorry for the podcast. That was them nosediving. Shira did that LeBron thing first. He won the title and he's like, I could have gone to Man United, but I want to go back to Newcastle and 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 give give my my home a shot. Um, so it's more like it's more like Robin Van Persie or Andy Cole. People who you know you'd say are like world class and and great players, but you don't think about them as much. You guys want to talk about another British legend? Why? We're talking about Frank Lampard taking over the Crystal Palace job. New Premier League Hall of Famer. Guys, I'm excited. Why? Why? I don't. Know, <laughs> I just don't understand. Is is Lampard official? No, nothing's okay. official yet. Okay. The only thing that's official is that Eze is out for like a year, maybe two, because he ruptured his Achilles, which is very sad. That's a really tough injury. I, I know that was in our group chat. I just want to say something real quick. Achilles, and I think uh, it was Richard or Adrian. I can't tell you guys the difference between you inside the group chat either, but something about the recovery rate for the Achilles injuries. I just remember Ruben Loftus-Cheek tearing his Achilles in a friendly before the Europa League final. <laughs> and it's, it's it was the exact same track. He, 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 he tore his Achilles and then he was out for an entire year. Uh, and then he's, he's, he was on loan at Fulham this year, but he wasn't, he doesn't even look at full fitness yeah, this year, even though he's actually put in strong performances for Fulham, it's so difficult. It's not like, yeah, it's not like basketball where you can. Well, I was gonna say, I feel like Kevin Durant still isn't the same, and he ruptured yeah. his in like Game Five against the Raptors, right? And that was like that feels like it was like seven years ago, even though it was like two years ago. Um, but yeah, I mean, respect to the man. Like, brought stability to Palace after years of being on the brink of of constant relegation. Um, that's what the club needed. Maybe not the most exciting football of all time, but I think it's time for, you know, people like palace fans, like, you know, are happy to 
you know, have been such a stable Premier, stable Premier League club for the last few years. But now I feel like it's time to kind of start pushing a bit further into, into Europe, maybe, uh, maybe into the top half of the table, start following teams like West Ham, Villa, Leeds, who seem to be kind of pushing past Palace a bit, despite the fact that Palace have been in the Premier League for, you know, 10 years now, almost. Yeah, I just think like a new a new manager, uh, they have a whole bunch of young players coming in. Uh, their academy, their U18s are doing really well. And they have a whole bunch of guys who have been on the team forever uh, on expiring contracts. You know, in the chat, we talk about how it's going to be interesting and, and it's kind of worrisome having all those players be out of contract. But I think it says a lot about how their academy is and how how they can just, you know, bring in all these young guys, have this influx of young talent and hopefully play a better, more exciting brand and build a more sustainable kind of kind of squad, right? Because the way that it was, it was like Wilf and nothing. And if you're rely if you're so reliant on one player, like I can't think of another Premier League team that was so reliant on one player as Palace was on Wilf for any sort of anything over the last few years. So it'll be interesting to see. I'm excited to see who the manager is, if it's Lampard or someone else, and kind of how they can make change up the style and and help you know develop the young players and just basically transform the squad big fuck you to fuck you to connor wickham sorry lad you're not doing anything for wolf zaha um i think what's interesting to me is uh the side of like i think i think it was simon new new sgc podcast member simon who sent the link of the experience and 15 expiring contracts and like they're they're player like they're players that play like every single player on that list plays at least an average of like 15 matches of a season for them and so like what's what's interesting to me is um you know one what you says like can you bring young players through uh maybe crystal palace isn't the most famous team in terms of youth development but you know they have a stable in london like how much denser of a population for footballers can you really you know want to access um but also, I'm like, I have no idea what Crystal Palace will do to fit to to fill 15 roster spots. How many? How much money are they getting from this Amazon Prime documentary <laughs> <laughs> that that they're going to be able to fill these slots in their in their squad? I, it's what's interesting to me is like the sheer unknown of it. I don't know what Crystal Palace is like when they need to when they need to fill slots at that level. You know, I was one of those guys who's like, oh. Punchin, Balassi, Zaha, that's a team right there. I was yeah. I was on that team, but they were they were not good. But you're excited, you're excited about Lampard. Why Lampard specifically? I, I'm not like I'm not necessarily excited about Lampard specifically. I'm just excited about somebody else. Like I've been kind of preaching about like like Roy's been around, right? Like he knows how to how to set up his team and he knows how to, you know, survive in the league, which is great, which sometimes that's what you need uh if you're a club like Palace, right? But I was kind of preaching on a previous episode about, you know, all these young German managers who come in with these fresh minds and fresh tactics. And like, I don't know enough about the tactics that Lampard, like how he set up Chelsea and and clearly it wasn't working because because when Tuchel took over, it's like night and day. And now Chelsea's winning things and, and playing in finals and, and Lampard is sitting on his, his couch. I mean, we finished fourth in his first season at Chelsea. Like, and that's a hundred percent it. It's just like he he's, you know, maybe he didn't do the job that he was brought in to do at Chelsea, but the way that Chelsea turns over managers anyway, it's kind of hard to get a gauge on like how he actually is as a manager. So at a club like Palace, maybe he gets a little bit well, he'll get a lot more rope, hopefully. Hopefully he gets more rope than Frank De Boer. I mean, would you, would, did you want Frank DeBoer to stay? Is that what you're saying by rope? No, I just mean like he, like they gave Frank DeBoer four games mm-hmm. and it was like, how are you supposed to gauge anything based on a four game sample? Like that's nothing. To play devil's advocate to that, you can judge it by no goals, zero goals, yeah. zero wins, like two big zeros. Exactly. Um, but I, I mean, think- it's still only four games, right? So it's like, and I mean, I get the, the, the squad was different back then and it was more of a precarious, I feel like it was more of a precarious time because again, before Hodgson came in, they were like relegation threat every single season. It was like six straight years. But now that they've had that, they've had the 10 years in the Premier League, they're established, they've had all that money come in. They've been able to set up this academy that's churning out young players like Tyrek Mitchell, guys like that. 
now it's more you can you can bring in a younger manager with a different philosophy and you could let him really make his mark on a squad full of young players and they can kind of grow all together for me if you if that's what you want if you want to change the culture of the club and build it around a philosophy of a younger manager i think you have to accept that you might get relegated yes and i think yeah. that has to be we might get relegated and we're going to stick with him even if we get relegated, which is why I think like even for Newcastle, it's like I'd rather have Eddie Howe next season get relegated than have Steve Bruce and be safe because I would rather someone like bring in ideas. But I think also like from my perspective, I think Palace are in a precarious position because, you know, you're losing a good deal of your first team. It's a very old experienced team. So a lot of those guys have to go. So that's, it's a necessary yeah. transition. I think it's a good time for Roy to leave as well, but just the way things work, you know, you can be pushing up the table like wolves. It says, okay, now we finished seventh. We're going to push up the table. And then you're not facing relegation, but you're slipping, you're slipping down. So mm -hmm. I think it's, it's really easy. And West Ham opposite. They've now they're, they're pushing for the champions league after being threatened with relegation. It's really unpredictable. And I think yeah. there's a certain class of team where it's hard to get a consistent finish. And, you know, even someone like, or a team rather like Burnley, I think what they have to look forward to is let's be safe. Let's be consistent. Let's build a, an identity and a culture of we're tough. We're hardworking. We don't give away anything easily. Uh, we're going to scrap for everything. And then they're rewarded every now and again with a, a higher than average finish. And I don't know. I think that's where I'm thinking Newcastle might be at and why I'm kind of like a little bit maybe in agreement with Hodgson's comments that he got really criticized for. And I think you went on your sort of argument about that you have to be careful when you're making that transition. And it's easy to look up the table but that, you're stepping into the elevator shaft, right? Like maybe you can climb up, but you can just as easily fall. Exactly. Out. And and it all depends on like, because we don't know, like maybe they'll bring back all those players, right? Like we don't know that they're all going to leave. Like they have to bring back some of them because then they just won't have any. Yeah. But it's, yeah, like you're, you're right. It's definitely, it's, it's not, it's not ideal, but with the relegation, it's like how stable is any team, right? Like, mm. I feel like you can make that argument about any team where it's like the stability, the manager that brings the stability leaves and they're losing all these players. But I mean, there's a whole summer to see and it's like, and palace doesn't spend like that much money. Mm -hmm. um, but there's a whole summer to see like how they kind of shape their squad, who they bring in. So like the reason I'm excited is just for maybe the novelty of what it's going to bring and the potential, because I feel like with Hodgson and with the way their squad was, the ceiling was, 45 points and mid table right you weren't yeah. exceeding that which is great and but you weren't really necessarily getting below that which is also great if you can start building a foundation where you could possibly exceed that then that's more exciting than not <laughs> yeah I, i'm not telling you not to be excited i'm just i just think it's interesting hearing about you know this kind of perspective and thinking like well like where's newcastle at where are the teams around them at and what is it realistic to expect and what do you want? Like, how are these things run? So, yeah. yeah, I mean, it makes sense. You're, you're excited about someone new coming in. That's always exciting no matter who it is, but I'm still just like Frank Lampard just seems really like an unimaginative choice. And as a uh, uh, Canadians fan, as someone who follows hockey closely, rebuilds don't always go as planned. Looking at you, Edmonton. Okay, welcome to Soccer Group Chat. Uh, we're here after this really long conversation to do another draft. Last time we did the Scummy Six draft where we made a five aside plus a keeper. Teams, you get one player from each team. This time we've got 11 more teams in the league that have not been relegated. Sorry, Fulham, Sheffield, United, and West Brom. We don't and like any of your players. <laughs> no, we do. We do. I was heartbroken. Uh, Zambo Anguisa. <laughs> Ooh, Alphonse, buddy. the Filipino wrecking machine, Areola, Ma yeah. Matias Pereira, uh, and some. You know, I was thinking of adding some Mitroglycerin to my team, but there you go. <laughs> anyway, so we're going to do the same thing with the next eleven. 
Uh, you're going to pick one player from each team. We're going to do uh, another draft and then maybe we'll do something with that. Maybe we'll enter it into FIFA. Maybe we'll get people to vote on it anonymously. We'll, we'll have to see. We're going in the order of Hope, Nick, Adrian, just because I think everyone is in a different position than the previous time we did the draft, right? That makes sense. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. We just picked this go. order because why not? Nick also said that it's the order our teams uh, finished in, but you know, we could have done something else like number of trophies historically they've won or number of like fans worldwide, something like that. But we, we went on the arbitrary thing of this year. So let's, uh, let's, uh, let's get going. So first one up is Hope. Well, guys, this, uh, this other 11 team uh, is really just an extension of, of how I want to build my team when we were doing a five aside team. Um, these are not the best. There's some really talented players to pick from this pool, but you know, as I was going down and we can only pick one from each team, it gets a little tough when you get to certain positions. So I think I need to start strong here. And, you know, you guys know me, like I want, I want intimidation in the middle of the field. I need, I want a willingness to work. Uh, and I want, I want defensive output. Uh, so with the very first pick of the SGC other 11 draft, I choose Wilf Zaha. Oh! No! <laughs> Watch this, Lise. You can actually pinpoint the second when his heart rips in half. And now. How are you going to do this? How are you going to do this to me? All right, I quit. That's it. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I should have seen this coming. Hopey's going to have some spite picks, I think. I think but that's okay. Control picks. That's if it's guys. worth anything, there's no player on Newcastle that I could pick as a spite pick. Yeah, that's true. Wait, what do you mean? I mean, I don't think there's any player I could pick on Newcastle. And then, like, you don't have either a fair alternative okay, yeah. or like, oh, darn, I wish I had him. Other than maybe Callum Wilson. But there is chaos on the draft floor uh, at Team Losacco's table as um, we were fully under the impression that Wilf Zaha would still be on the board when uh, my turn came around at number two. But that is not to be. Sometimes things don't go your way. Luckily, uh, this is a very top-heavy draft, and there is another talisman that I could take. Um, and I'm going to take this talisman, and he is, going, he is an England stalwart that people know very well, and he is none other than Jack Grealish. So he's not, he's not a stalwart. He's, he's first by the first pick is big Jack. I don't know. That's no, that's a nickname. I think the best thing that happened to Nick was going second because instead of picking Wilf Zaha, he gets a, a better player. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. I know. Uh, I know. Yeah. I know. I know. I, I, you know, I, that's the thing with picking second in the draft, right? You always get like the pressure's not on you and uh, you, you, you like you get Jack Eichel, right? So that's fine. I mean, I, I don't know who that is, but Same. it is my pick. <laughs> and Grealish, I was toying with being my top pick for a while, but I reconsidered. So he would have been my second. The first thing you need, I think, when you're making a winning team, you need some goals. So I'm going to go with the best goal scorer. I think that is available out of everyone. Jamie Vardy. He's having a not as good season this year, and he's got 13 goals in the league. So I, I just think he, even at 34, whatever he is, is simply the, the best goal scorer. He's always got pace. He's going to harry the other team. Uh, I think you guys are chumps. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Maybe I'm going to go in a, a different direction than I thought. We're breaking the draft plan here. I was going to pick a player in this position third as my max pick. Uh, but instead, I think I'm going to go with my second pick from Villa. If Jack Grealish was picked, I was going to pick Martinez, who has been a fantastic keeper this year. He's maybe been the best keeper outside of the big teams. That's a really good choice. I I was very much expecting you or even Nick to just like save goalkeepers to last because there's a decent stable of goalkeepers in this in in this group of 11. There are three solid goalkeepers, uh, but I agree. Uh, Martinez is a good one. Sorry. I just assumed I was in the middle, but Nick is in the middle. Oh, it's my turn. All right. Great. Uh, with my second pick, uh, I'm going to take another talisman. 
Uh, we are going to Tyneside, to the place where Adrian and Richard call home. And we are taking, uh, you know, sometimes he's he's just, I guess he's injury prone and he's not always there. But I don't know if we're really, if we're really too concerned about that. No. Uh, but uh, for my uh, uh, star winger, I am taking Alan St. Maximin. Um, he will pair nicely with Grealish in my, I, I guess I'm going with offense again. So we're going with ASM. So Adrian has mm-hmm. picked the top, his, his top, his top and his bottom, <laughs> his top and his bottom, Jamie Vardy. You know what? I, I probably wasn't giving enough credit to Jamie Vardy. Obviously he's an excellent goal scorer. I just know he's been a little off form recently, which is why he didn't really factor into my plans. Um, but I, I'm very happy that this guy um, <clears throat> is available for me because like, you know, you're right. I, I want to win. Uh, I don't need to win by a million goals, but I want to win by at least one goal. Um, some would say that's a necessity. So I am choosing who I thought was the most clinical goal scorer uh, available of this club. It's or at, of these clubs. It's Dominic Calvert Lewin from Everton. Nice. And I get another one, don't I? Mm-hmm. Ooh, let me just type these in. Sorry. Okay, so I've got a winger. If you guys didn't know, Wilf's playing on the right, like it's 2002 again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way I could fit him in by taking him away from there. I'll also accept trades, by the way. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, we could do, we're two, trading in this? Two, I'm no, uh, you're two, two players in, you're talking about trades? Well, I'm just saying, I think Wilf Zaha is a wanted <laughs> commodity. <laughs> That's, I mean, you silly. just proved, you just proved that everything that Palace fans knew that Wilf is the best player outside the top six, hands down. I think you it's got two, proven two players in this draft. I think you got one player, Nick, who's better than Zaha. And I think you got one player who's, uh, you know, still developing, but probably has the potential to be as good, if not yeah, better. I agree. I agree with that. I agree with your um, Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> this is just going to become an argument about Zaha. <laughs> Let's move on. This every episode turns into... Let's get back to what's important. It's actually defending. Uh, you guys don't know my formation yet, but... I think I have a guess. Yeah, you have a guess. <laughs> I need someone in the middle of the park. Um, and I'm very happy this person is left on the board. His name is Wilfred Indidi. Oh, that's a good pick, too. Man, we're two rounds in, and I'm out of ideas. <laughs> oh, uh, Okay. Uh, so for pick number three, I should probably take center back because in our last draft, I didn't other than Davy Luiz. And since Davy Luiz isn't part of this draft, I don't know. I don't know who to pick or as my, as my uh, center back, but um, I think I'm going to go down to the South coast, Southampton, St. Mary's where this guy patrols the back line as good as anybody in the league. Maybe that's aggressive, but I need to justify it somehow. Uh, we are taking uh, the Danish defender himself, uh, Yannick Vestergaard. He is going to to be my an actual defender on my team for once. Vestergaard <laughs> was was one of my uh, initial picks. I was thinking about, and I'm trying to. It's hard to think strategically here. Imagine what real draft rooms are like. Yeah, I do. I yeah. do have one club that I I'm fairly sure I'm going to pick from last, and I'm fairly sure the player I'm thinking of will be available still you know what you got to draft with you can't draft for need right you just got to go best player available that's how uh, that's how it works i disagree entirely yeah <laughs> a big i'm a big proponent of best player available yeah this is hard um i could just break from my strategy entirely and i could go rogue on myself here and surprise myself as we said we're not picking uh we're not picking based on like current uh, injuries. Injuries are kind of ignored here. Mm. When we had to name our team in the draft room because of some of the players I was considering, I ended up naming my team uh, <laughs> the injury list. <laughs> Just taking uh, everybody who's hurt. Yeah, yeah. So I, I figure I want to get the spine in my team though. Let's get some. Let's get some penetration here. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, let's, uh, let's go with someone who has been a revelation this year has shown just how skillful they are and how they can be very dangerous. 
He was actually originally my third pick I was considering, the third player I was considering from this team, uh, Jesse Lingard. Ooh. Oh, nice. He's got some goals. He's got some dribbles. He's going to bring a big, big, influential Instagram account. And that's all that matters in this day and age. These days. Now I need to, to cover. I need to cover for him. I need, uh, I, I'm going to leave my center backs for now. I'm going to cover the attacking midfielder there with my first choice defensive midfielder. Nick, you're worrying about the wrong guy. Basuma was my number one defensive midfielder pick. Oh, no. Did you? Yeah. And there he goes. He's gone. My fourth pick, Yves Basuma. Yeah, he he was um, very underrated. Very underrated player. Uh, like you guys, I, I feel like I should uh, also take a little bit of spine. You know, we got Vestergaard, but that's sometimes not enough. Um, so we're going up to Leicester, um, who luckily are in this draft and not the top six draft. And we are going to take uh, a player who scored uh, the FA Cup winning goal, as it were. Uh, Yuri Tielemans it was going to slot into my center midfield. I think an overrated player, but... Are you, is that just uh, is that the heart talking or is that the heart is connected to the brain? <laughs> Good point. Fair, fair. Is somewhat you know anyone can score off a handball. <laughs> that is this is true. Um, oh yeah, so Nick was in the middle. He only gets one, so which means I get two. <sighs> okay, this is fun, but also also a little bit stressful. I might as well finish up my uh my front three zaha's playing on the right and honestly i don't see zaha crossing the ball for others much anymore mostly because he doesn't play on the wing uh so i want kind of like a versatile attacker usually plays on the right but i'm going to play him on the left and i am going to leads and i am picking rafinha that's a good pick i've got my front three i've got one in the middle I need someone to pair with Wolf and Didi. I think Didi's a good, uh, good all-around player in the midfield. Good defender. He distributes the ball well. Um, but beside that kind of player, I, I think I really want someone who's a progressive passer. Um, and this player, um, you know, he likes coming deep from the for the ball. He's is a really progressive passer. He has eight goals, seven assists for Southampton this season. I am picking James Ward Prowse. I was going to take him if I didn't take Vestergaard from Southampton. But with my pick, uh, I am also going to go to Leeds to where Hope went with his first pick of this round. Uh, And I'm going to take, uh, to lead my line, a striker that I really like because I think that he is silky smooth and I just love the style that which he plays. Uh, Maybe not the most flashy name in the books, but uh, Patrick Bamford, come on down. It's a really good pick. I think Patrick Bamford's super underrated because, yes. in fairness, he does miss a lot of shots. He's not Timo Werner, but he does miss a lot of <laughs> shots. Um, but Bamford is an awesome pressing forward if you really want it. Tons of energy. Gets in for gets in uh, position for goals if you need him. He was... Uh, if I was expecting one of you guys to take Calvert-Lewin because, I don't know, I just assumed one of you guys would want like a kind of targety target man. Um... And Bamford was up there for me. But Adrian's turn. Uh, yeah, I, I was considering both of those guys, but I, I felt like I prioritized who I thought would get me the most goals. And Vardy is one of two strikers, I think, on this list who have scored over 20 goals in the Premier League. So I thought, I thought that was a key for me. Uh, and who knows, maybe I'll pick the other one, but not on this pick. Uh, I think there are a couple teams where I wasn't sure who I would grab from, and maybe I'll just grab some good players from them, as it, even though it pains me to say. One of my first choice center backs I can't go with anymore. Newcastle is not the oh. most inspiring team, but I'm going to go to them because uh, I want a real leader in my team, someone who can perform under pressure and get maybe even get the team a goal when they need it. Mm-hmm. We're going with Jamal Lascelles. 
the only man on Newcastle brave enough to get in a fist fight with Matt Ritchie. <laughs> I don't know if they got in a fist fight, but I think Ritchie did try and fight him. Also, just funny story. I was on just on socials. Wilson described Matt Ritchie as an angry Gordon Ramsay, a man who is known for being angry. And That's Richie very is a random. smaller, <laughs> angrier version of him. Uh, so I'm going to go with with Jamal Lascelles, who I think is a, a, I think, you know what, like you see Tyrone Mings in the, in the England squad. Like, I don't think he's any better than Jamal Lascelles. I think Lascelles is a quality player. I agree. Um, and now I gotta, I gotta finish off my, I want to finish off my center backs and I'm, I'm trying to pick from two here. I wanted at least one of my center backs to be like a play out from the back kind of guy. Don't do it to me. <laughs> And no, I'm not. That's the thing. I don't know who you're talking about, actually, uh, which is interesting. But instead, I'm going to go with a team who I don't really have anyone else from that I'm interested in too much. So I'm just going to go with you hear a lot about Tarkovsky. I don't think you hear enough about Ben Me. I'm going with Ben Me as my uh, nice. my sixth pick in the 16th in the draft. Was that was that your second? That's my second. Yeah, that's your second. Um, Burnley is an interesting team, isn't it? Is my you think I'm in the middle? Oh, sorry. Fuck me. I'm just always can... thinking about me. I'm sorry. Go on. No, cut that out. You go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm just trying to get my players as fast as possible before you guys get them. There's a lot of good players available still. It's it's really difficult taking one player from each team, and I feel kind of I'm really torn, but I'm gonna try and get. There's a guy that I want, but I feel like I need to raid this team before it's too late uh, because Everton still has so many good players left that we have not touched. Uh, and it's almost difficult to pick one. And they have a guy named Ryan Astley, who I'm not going to take. I just like the name. Uh, you know what? I can't choose right now. So instead, I'm going to fill out my center mids and uh, because I think I'm going to go with like uh, kind of a, maybe a front three. Uh, I got some nice attacking talent on the wings with Grealish and St. Maximan. And I can't think of anyone uh, better to pair with Yuri Tielemans than another, um, you know, maybe not the most offensive, but can definitely track back and play a really good all around game. We are going to West Ham and uh, I'm going to take the Czech international Thomas Socek, who I really like. Yeah, I think that's a good pick. Really good. That was originally my first pick from West Ham, but I ended up going with Lingard. I've got my front three. I've got a couple midfielders. I need a back line. Um, and based on how you guys have selected your players, um, I know I've already got my number one picks because you guys have already selected players from those clubs. Um, so Ooh. in certain spots, I know I'm guaranteed the player that I want. Um, so for me, I need to make sure that I get this guy, even though I don't think he's really high on your lists, but you guys, yeah, yeah. No one's picked a team. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. No, you have Adrian has, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, no, either way, <laughs> either way, I'm going to Burnley because I need a goalkeeper. He's probably going to be the England number one leading the league in save percentage, Nick Pope. I'm actually quite surprised it took this long for Pope to get picked. I thought he was going to go early. I just, um, honestly, like I just had no idea how you guys were going to rate keepers in this batch of players. Mm. I, I didn't know if you guys were going to go top, try and grab the best keeper first, or maybe save at the bottom, see who's left. Uh, but regardless, I'm very happy that Nick Pope fell uh, into my lap. Yeah, I'm very interested to see who Nick picks as a keeper. But I guess he's going to save, he could save that to last if he wants because no one else is coming for him. I've got the Villa player that I want because you guys have both chosen a player from Villa. Neither of you guys have pay, picked a player from Crystal Palace. I've got my Newcastle player that I want because you both played a new, picked a Newcastle player. So I need to go to Wolves because no one's picked a player from Wolves. I need a center back, not a flashy pick, but I think an effective pick. Leader on the field, 
great passer of the ball, 87% pass completion. Um, and he's going to have a partner in the back. So what he's lacking, I think I can find the player that, uh, that can fill in where he's missing. I pick Connor Cody. Okay. So I heard you guys talking about while I was freaking out over there. I heard you guys talking about players from team teams that I haven't taken players from yet. And one of those teams is Wolves. And I think you guys both have keepers. Uh, and I am going to pick my guy who is going to uh, um, patrol the crease. And he is none other than Portuguese international. Uh, he's probably going to start for Portugal still in the Euros, I would think. Uh, and that is Rui Patricio from Wolves. Rui Patricio. Nice. He's, led a, he's led in a fair number of goals this season, hasn't he? <laughs> Haven't we all? Yes. Yeah. But so has Carey Price. And that's, <laughs> and that's what matters. I love just tossing the hockey references in. And just You guys just dead silence. <laughs> that's great. Okay, so let me just take a second here. Because so what I have left, uh, how many? I've got five picks left, I think. No, one, two, three, four. Yeah, I got five picks left. I've got four teams that are you guys have both picked from, I think. Well, I'm just speaking this out so you know the, the folks at home can get a sense of what a professional strategy sort of is. Uh, I guess there's only one team that I'm going to have to contest Nick for. And it's gonna it's gonna really it's gonna change up my thinking because who's Nick got? Do I want to just fuck over Nick? <laughs> do I want to do Nick's strategy of just pick one of like the best player available from the team, or do I want to start thinking about my own formation? I never said that was my strategy. I, I said my best strategy was to pick the best player available. Period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which, which I am clearly following. I, like I said, I overprepared, so now I'm like fucking uh, going through all the all the permutations here. I definitely, I definitely underprepared, but it's going well for me. I like my team. Yeah, I like I like my team too. I'm gonna throw a wrench in my own plans here, and I'm gonna take not my first choice from this team because there was someone else on Crystal Palace I was thinking of going with, but based on the teams I can freely choose from. And based on who's left on Crystal Palace, I'm going to take, because injuries don't matter, I'm going to take it as a... Nice, nice, nice. Leaving uh, Scott Dan for Nick there. <laughs> uh, I think it is you again, though, however. Yeah, it is. Thank you, actually. Uh, but now now it's just free picking for me. And now I do have to think about my, my formation here. And who, who do I want? I do like me a target man. I do like me a target man. And Calvert-Lewin is a good one. He's are got taking, six. Are you taking Matt Target? Should I no, no, down? no. That's Damn. funny. That's funny. Uh, guys, this is my team is the injury list. Injuries don't matter. I got Lingard. I got Eze. Uh, I'm going to take uh, another injured player. Raul Jimenez. Hey. <laughs> scored Last season, scored 27 goals in 55 games, all competitions. Very effective target man. He can play it on the floor pretty well. He's very strong, good in the air. I think he's a, a good pick. And hopefully he can get back playing after his his uh, fractured skull early this year. And uh, because I want to support him, I'm going to put him in my team. Um, lads, for my next pick, I'm going to Brighton and Hove Albion. Uh, we spent so much time discussing Eve Basuma that we forgot about this guy. Uh, Adam, L no, I'm kidding. Not Adam Lalana. Uh, we are going to, uh, start rounding up my back line, uh, with a, uh, young player who made a name for himself earlier on in the season, but then I think he got injured. But since we don't care about injuries, uh, I'm going with Ter Tarek Lampte. Oh, uh, he is going to, oh, that surprised I cannot me. believe he slipped this far, uh, but he's still available and I'm going to add him right now, uh, to my squad. I, I he is going to show up with a chip on his shoulder for being overlooked for like 20 something picks. <laughs> yeah. I have, I have four players from Brighton on my like little short list and it, it, he wasn't on it. I totally forgot about him, but also yeah. I don't know if I put him ahead of him. 
he i feel like he was really good at the start of the year and then he got hurt so i feel like everyone kind of forgot about him including including me i was just looking through the squad i'm like oh wow him wow <laughs> wow wow uh, no, I think I think Tarek Lamptey's an excellent young player. Um, I just don't think he's a player. If I want to put forward like a best eleven from this this squad, I think they're just. Uh, I think they're better right backs, and he is he is an he is an out and out right back. Um, also, you know, a little partial because he came from Chelsea, turned down yeah. that Chelsea contract <laughs> to get playing time, uh, and I think he's done well with it. Other than you know the injury, I was worried uh, when you said Brighton. Because I thought you could take my player um, because Brighton was the one position where there was two picks left, one for me, one for Nick. And when you said back line, I thought, oh, shit, no, I don't want to pick the other Brighton center back. Um, But, you know, this guy is also young. He's just 20. He's got good pace. He's six foot fucking three uh, wins balls in the air from Brighton. I picked Lewis Dunk. He he was the other Brighton player on my short list. He was out. I was going to take him, and then Lampty caught my eye. Is Lewis Dunk that young? I think he's like only in his early twenties. He's twenty nine. I got it wrong. Yeah. Either way, yeah, he's still six foot fucking three. <laughs> but also, I just wanted Dunk for uh, size and also just kind of winning balls. Um, because Cody doesn't have much size, and after I don't actually know how tall Jamal Lascelles is, but I wanted him in my back line beside Cody. But once he took him away, I I've had to do a little bit of shuffling. I have three picks left, and you guys have picked your your team your players from them, so uh, there's no risk. Uh, there's no risk for me. Um, but I've got two defenders. I need a fullback, uh, so. I need a right back, and I'm going back to London. Um, this player is a really, really solid defensive fullback. Um, but just this year, he's added, you know, the ability to find some crosses, collect some assists. I think he's a really good tackler. Um, he's got six assists on the season from West Ham. I pick Vladimir Kufal. Oh, nice. My team is looking a little thin on the back end, but. Uh, I am easily swayed and tantalized by offensive forces. And this guy is still available. And you know what? I think that I actually need, you know what? You know what? No, no, no. I'm going to go. I think I'm going to play a, hmm, maybe a three, four, three, something like that. And my team requires a midfielder that can pick out a pass. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm galaxy braining myself. I'm taking Richarlison. Fuck it. <laughs> he's still there. <laughs> <laughs> and he's going to play number 10. He'll slot in behind Bamford. <laughs> and uh, that's my pick. <laughs> oh man. I thought for some reason, I thought you'd already picked from Everton. So I was like, I was sleeping on Everton, but I wasn't really thinking about Richarlison anyway so I, l- I lucked out there the mistake will not cost me <laughs> there was uh, another guy I was about to take but I last second pivoted I'm making decisions I, I don't really like I think it might cost my team I think I shouldn't have picked as a Nick still hasn't picked his uh, Crystal Palace player has he I don't even think he likes Crystal Palace no. I, I mean, am I, saving I, the best for last I don't blame him at all um Yeah, man. Uh, it doesn't really matter because you guys have picked. I've got Southampton, Leeds, and Everton left. So, so you guys have already picked from those. You know, I think it just shows. It goes to show the depth of the Premier League, and it puts it in perspective how silly the Super League is. Uh, just you know, based on the quality of players that we were able to unearth from the uh, other eleven. You know, there's so many good players left. No one took Joe Willock. Yeah, I was expecting. I thought he would maybe go. Ooh, Nathan Redmond, classic. Love yeah, him. I I think he he's a good dribbler. He's a good attacker, quality player. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep him there. And then for my other pick, I'm I got to start actually like shaping my team. Otherwise, I'm gonna be playing with the two man defense. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's add another defender. I'm really stuck between how I want to play here. For what what ultimately doesn't really matter, 
I'm going to pick um, a fullback who can also play in midfield, who has eight goals on the season. He showed some really good finishing against Man City. It's Stuart Dallas. Okay. Ooh, Stuart Dallas. Uh, so I have two teams left to pick from. Uh, my beloved Palace and my less beloved Burnley, who I kept till late to honor my rivalry with Sean Dyche from earlier in this uh, <laughs> first season of Soccer Group Chat. <laughs> um, and also because... I mean, you're looking at Burnley and it's like, man, I don't know. Um, but, you know, I think that uh, my team has a lot of egos. They have a lot of young talent, a lot of good attacking players. And what do you need to rein in a team with a lot of young attacking players, a lot of egos, a lot of flair and flash? Uh, you need a 35-year-old captain. And that is why, no, I was going to take Phil Bardsley, but I, I was just joking. Uh, I'm going to go with Tarkowski, I think. I need another center back to pair he's with He's already Mastercard. taken, isn't he? Oh, no, he's not. Someone uh, said they were going to take him. That was you, Adrian. And... You said, we hear a lot about Tarkowski, but yeah. not about <laughs> And then you ben just Mee. didn't take him. Who is... Yeah, so you took yeah. Ben Mee instead. Um, so Tarkowski uh, has played the most amount of minutes for Burnley this season, other than Ashley Westwood, apparently. Um and he's going to be uh, rock number two at the back for uh, my squad, leaving my beloved Palace uh, for my last pick of the draft, which was not my plan because they was going to be my first pick, but Hope sent uh, it out of order. No, I didn't. I mean, like you, you took, you took Zaha, who is oh, but that's okay. Uh, again, I'm welcome to trades. Again, we rallied, and uh, the team's looking team is looking fire. So, uh, Hope, go ahead. I need one player from Newcastle and one player from Aston Villa. Based on how I want to play, I want someone else who's just yeah, someone who's just a a solid player. He's my left back. I'm going to pick Matt Target from Aston Villa. He's my left back. Oh, and I get the next one. Who would have thought that Newcastle would be the last team that I pick a player from? I was telling Adrian during the break that my last player was probably going to be from Newcastle because I didn't know how we would rate goalkeepers. So I'm like, I'm going to be really fine if I just have Dubrovka in goal. But Nick Pope felt me. So now I've got to go to Newcastle. And I just want consistency. Now, Adrian's, Adrian might correct me on this, but in my, in my narrow viewing of Newcastle, if I'm looking for reliability... I am going with Isaac Hayden. And that rounds out my league-winning squad. Uh, so for my final pick, I am going to South London. I'm going to Selhurst Park. I'm going to my home stadium, uh, leaving the best for last, as they say. One of the best up-and-coming fullbacks in the league to round out my squad. Mentioned him earlier uh, when we were talking about Roy Hodgson and, and, and everything. Uh, I am going with... Tyrick Mitchell for my last pick. And we got a squad, boys. We got a squad here, okay? May have been compensating a bit, trying to talk myself up, knowing full well that uh, my top six team had significant shortcomings. But uh, this team is looking pretty decent. So I can't wait to plug this into FIFA and play it out. I might be I might be the Nick of this. Because <laughs> it's all because of fucking Eze. I shouldn't have picked him. Because uh, I don't love my team's balance, but I do really like this last player I'm going to pick. Premier League stalwart, absolute class. For a time, I think he was the best in his position in the league. He's a bit older now, so probably not anymore. But Seamus Coleman uh, has been up and down that Everton right flank for years now. And uh, he's been class the whole time. Damn, this lineup is looking Okay, so who wants to go first? Yeah, Nick, you're you're saying damn a lot, so you better explain your lineup because I don't see it. All right. Uh, Ooh. Okay. Ooh, all right. All right. Shade. Okay. So, um, you know, we were dealt a tough hand at the start of the draft, uh, admittedly. So this is like my uh, the post draft interview with the you know sideline reporter, uh, and I'm gonna play the role of GM. Uh, so yeah, we were dealt a tough blow at the start. Uh, with, you know, Zaha unexpectedly getting taken first. Uh, you know, I thought that because he has, 
holds such a special place in my heart. I thought that for sure he would still be on the clock when it was my time to step up at the podium. But, you know, best laid plans, right? That's what they say. Uh, so we had to pivot. But luckily, you know, the backroom staff, the scouting staff uh, did their job. Uh, they, they came to me right away with, um, you know, different options. And, uh, you know, as the clock ticked down, um, we were able to make a, a fairly quick choice. And, you know, we're happy. We're happy with uh, Jack Grealish. You know, I think that he... Uh, <laughs> He, he is, you know, he's, he's a stalwart. Uh, he's, he's great. He's going to lead. Uh, he's going to do great things in the years to come for my squad. Uh, he won't start for England. And then uh, the rest of it just, you know, fell into place uh, after that. Alan Zay Maxime is another guy uh, on the wing, going to create havoc. Um, then you have Richarlison slotting in behind Bamford. I mean, that's a great one, two punch. They could play off each other. Um, if, you know, if things were to go awry, you have Tielemans and Socek in the middle of the park, cleaning up messes, spreading the ball around beautifully. Um, we're a threat on set pieces with Vestergaard and Tarkowski. And then Rui Patricio, uh, starter for Portugal, uh, can't go wrong in net. And then, you know, two young, athletic, pacey uh, wingbacks in Mitchell and Lamptey, uh, you know, finishes off uh, a well-rounded squad. So I think it's, uh, you know, Champions League or bust uh, for this team uh, in our little league, uh, which is, you know, growing day by day. Um, you know, we we are threatening for a top three position. Uh, so that is how I would assess. Uh, that's how I would assess uh, my squad uh, in the draft. Uh, so get your tickets and, um, you know, even if we don't win, we'll have the best attendance of any team in the league. I mean, yeah, like Nick, Nick, you have you have a nice little squad there. Uh, and you know what? I think you're totally right. In a league with three teams, you're definitely going to finish top three. I don't think you're wrong there. Um, but like I'm, you know, I'll be completely honest. I am probably a person who struggles to pick the attacking side because I want to focus so much on defense, but somehow it's worked out that I think I have a really solid squad on both ends of the pitch. Yeah, in fairness, Wolf Zaha was a banter pick, but I, I'm asking him to do a little bit, you know, go back in time, play on the right side, but I think a trio of, you know, with the pace and the and the aggression of Rafinha on one side, and then Zaha's willing to get in and get goals, and Calvert-Lewin's going to just, he's always going to be in there to clean up. Uh, I've got James Ward-Prost. He's always looking to make the right pass forward, progress play and then he has great um great support behind him and wilfred and Didi and isaac hayden i think we play very modern forward moving football but we don't compromise anywhere on the defensive end especially when you get to our my fullbacks where i've got matt target from aston villa and vladimir kufal maybe not the sexiest names you can think of at fullback considering this is like fullbacks have risen in stock over the past 10 years in the premier league um, but these guys are great defensively and I think they've added a new wrinkle to their game, finding finding assists and putting in crosses, whether they overlap or come inside with my wingers. And, you know, Connor Cody, Lewis Dunk, like I said, not sexy, but they clear the ball. They know how to pass the ball out from the back. Um, and I was very lucky to have Nick Pope drop into my lap. I'm very happy. You know, this isn't five aside where, you know, you could have the best keeper in the world, but goals are going to go in no matter what. Nick Pope's going to save a lot of goals for my team this season. But, you know, through the few that actually come through this awesome defensive line. Uh, number one team in the league to me. One of the big things that stri strikes me looking at our three teams is one, like where, where goals are going to come from. If, if you look at the stats, only one player on the board has scored more than 20 goals in a Premier League season. The other one that was available was Danny Ings, who I was surprised no one even seemed to consider, besides me. Uh, so, yeah, I think I think the other teams have, like, creativity, but I, I don't think they just have pure goal threat the way my team does. Uh, we've got players who can, who can run it. Other players, like Lingard, get goals from deep. Even our left back has got eight goals this season. Uh, solid defenders, Lascelles and... And me, they're just going to low block, take care of it. Very tough, very big, very physical, surprisingly fast. And yeah, I think, I think I've just got a lot of players that can switch things very quickly and I've got them all over the park. So I'm not, I'm not worried. 
And then I've got someone who can finish it. What a treat. So let me just ask you guys then, if there was one, we've all been over our teams. Our teams are uh, all decent. Uh, one is definitely better than the others, but here we go again. Thanks, uh, if Nick. There it was takes a big one, man to admit that. If there was I, one, I appreciate it. If there was one area uh, where you would improve your team, uh, whether that be uh, with a sub or maybe there's a pick you would reconsider for someone else uh, if you just wanted to, because I, I have, uh, I'll just start because I have, you know, I know what I'm going to say already. Um, I think that, that the one quality that my team is lacking that could be better is just that clinical pass that just the final ball. I think we might struggle in that area. Um, so there were two players that I could have taken, you know, ahead of Richarlison, maybe who would fit my team better. Uh, maybe guys like Hamas Rodriguez, who is still left on the board or even Gilfie Sigurdsson. Uh, I think that if I were to take a sub, if I were, I would have one of those two guys on the bench, uh, just so, you know, just so it, it, when it, it comes time uh, to that, we need the final ball. I could bring one of those guys off the bench and I might reconsider if we do this again, maybe, um, you know, taking one of them instead of Richarlison, but still happy with the squad. Now I'm just looking at the list and seeing who I might have, uh, <laughs> who I'd be like, ah, I don't know. Look, I don't think I'm missing goal threat. I don't think I'm missing goal threat at all. I mean, I, you know, what can I say against Jamie Vardy's history of goals in the Premier League? Nothing. Like uh, Jamie Vardy's a great striker. He's going to go down in history. Um, but, you know, Dominic Calvert-Lewin has 16 goals this season. Wolf Zaha has 11 goals this season. Rafinha has eight goals, six assists this season. I don't think I'm actually starving for goals or anything like that. Um, I just don't have my preferred defenders. I just, you know, I just have... I think who are good, good replacements. I wasn't really going to pick Cody. I was going to pick LaSalle's instead, but you know, if you want, if you want someone to come in and just be like a super sub, I guess you just pick guys who you've seen create kind of magic out of nowhere. And, you know, off the top of my head, you already said it. I know James has made a career off of one goal in the world cup. Um, <laughs> um, but you know, I'm not, I'm not going crazy about the players that are left off. I mean, now who would you pick? Mikel Antonio? <laughs> I, I think there's some, I think there's some quality players left. And, yeah. and honestly, like I, I found it hard to pick from palace. And I think I may have made a mistake by picking as it was a bit of a banter pick. Cause I think he's the other maybe better player from crystal palace who I thought was maybe going to go. Uh, my original pick was going to be schlup. Cause he's fast as hell and he can play on the <laughs> wing and they'll just stick him there. He's not going to get us in trouble. Uh, if I was going to pick a sub, I would also pick from Everton, but I would probably pick Decoure just cause he's big physical presence. I wouldn't mind having that. And so, so, you know, when my team is like three or four up, we can just shore up the midfield a little bit. Three or four down. You mean to me? No, no. I mean, I mean the opposite. That doesn't make <laughs> any sense. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I I'm also surprised. I thought, uh, twice when we we're talking about young defenders from Brighton, I was considering uh, Ben White, the young young defender, center back, very classy. Apparently, Maguire. There's rumors Maguire said that's who I want to play next to me next season. Big links, maybe you know, grain of salt because he's English. Bit of overhype there, but uh, I was expecting to maybe hear his name. I think other players like Phillips from Leeds could have been taken, maybe by me. Well, you took Eze. <laughs> I took Eze, though. I think it's good. Like, it, you know, if we had four people, if we had five people, if we had six people, maybe even like seven, we, we could probably have fairly decent squads, um, all of us, if we had a 10 person draft, right? I mean, it's just the talent runs that deep. And it just goes to show that, you know, uh, to bring it back to the Super League, like, there's good players everywhere, right? There's, there's every team has good talent on it. And, uh, you know, next year when, when the three championship teams come up, there'll be even more of a selection uh, of players to pick from. If you uh, got... I think so. I just want to ask one quick question to you guys, just because I, I didn't really pay attention to it when I first started building my uh, team, which was at around 1030 this morning. Uh, <laughs> uh, is there, are there any players from the, from the uh, relegated sides that you really wanted? That you could think of? That's a good question. Sheffield, West Brom, or um, Fulham? Because when I was filling out my 11, 
but I didn't realize that I was picking from 14. I was like, yeah, eliminating players as I go. I mean, and I like, they might not be key players, but I was just yeah. like, oh, you know, Alphonse Areola, what's his name? Semi Ajayi from yeah. West Brom, um, Connor Gallagher, um, Adam Lookman, Adam Lookman. Um, I think yeah. Pereira, though. I think I think the one guy that sticks out is Pereira from West Brom. I feel like he's Pereira, the kind yeah. of the most dangerous one for me. That's probably the one that I would. Uh, I would go with. So that wraps up our other 11 draft. Uh, we had a lot of fun doing this. I know I had a lot of fun doing this. Uh, we had a lot of fun with the uh, top six draft as well. Uh, it's kind of crazy that, you know, three 27 year old guys could just sit around on a Wednesday afternoon and do a fantasy draft. But I mean, we have a lot of time on our hands. Um, and with that time on our hands, we are creating this podcast. It's called Soccer Group Chat. Uh, you can find it on apple music or apple podcasts uh, you can find it on spotify you can find it on google play uh, we post reels and clips on instagram at the stc podcast uh, and if you like our content you know give us a, a rating uh, give us a review uh, whether it's good or bad i don't care and uh yeah thanks for listening and hopefully we can uh plug these teams into fifa and we can play it out Maybe we'll, you know, record it or something and post it on YouTube because that'd be fun. Uh, anyways, uh, thanks for listening. And we hope to be in your ears again. <laughs>